Welcome to Two Champs and a Chump Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Larry Evans, Michael Downs, and Jim Ruddle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 3 of Two Champs and a Chump Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Larry Evans, along with my co-hosts, Michael Doms and Jim Ruddle. Thank you for joining us. How's your weekend been, guys? My weekend's been pretty good. Uh, uh, did some cooking out Saturday, went and shot some archery with my son and son-in-law today, and just had a great weekend. It's been good. I uh, hope yours was good also. Thanks. Jim, how's yours been? Well, it's been pretty good, pretty low-key, uh, celebrating my first official adult weekend as I have just recently started working at Medline, this is the first job I've ever had where I'm working Monday through Friday. So I know what real people feel like on the weekend now. So, yeah, I'm digging that. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Nah, go ahead. No? All right. Well, today we're going to go over our top three sleepers and busts. Um, so let's go ahead and get into it. So our top three sleepers, I'm going to go ahead and list my uh top sleeper first and then we'll go to Mike and we'll go to Jim and we'll just discuss in between. So my number one sleeper that I have on here is Daniel Jones. So I just think that the arrow is pointing up for Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. Um, You know, Joe Judge and that cancer of a coaching staff is gone. Thank God. They brought in Brian Dable from the Bills. So that's a plus for him. And, uh, you know, Daniel's son, he's had a merry-go-round of coaches in his previous three years. Now, in his rookie year, you know, he had a good year. He threw for 3,027 yards, 24 touchdowns, added another 279 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. And then the last two years has been a down, they've been down for him, 11 touchdowns and 10 touchdowns. Although his rushing yards have increased, touchdowns, you know, one and two every year. So hopefully that'll go up now. Um, His interceptions have dropped every year which that's been good but now he's got that creative mind um, with Dable and the offensive coordinator there so um, that should fit his talents pretty good he's a good runner he's not a Josh Allen level runner but he's a good runner nonetheless and then with Saquon being back healthy he has a uh, you know talented group of wide receivers there so you know I'm I'm excited about the Giants. I see several members of this team being draftable now. So starting with Saquon, with Tony, Galladay, Wandell Robinson, and of course, Daniel Jones. What do you guys think? I'm completely with you on that, uh, Larry. I am all over Daniel Jones this year. And for the same reasons you just said, I think that Buffalo-style offense that they're going to have, I am all over it. I'm right there with you. All right. Jim, any thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, I, no? I agree the Giants are a better team this year because just while well, you mentioned the coaching staff changes, but just like you said, Daniel Jones has gone through a different off- offensive coordinator every single year. So I don't know if I would call him a sleeper. I don't know. If, I think best case scenario, Daniel Jones is a good game manager. And I if they throw too much on his plate, I don't know if he's going to be able to accomplish it. Uh, I, I actually think the year, if they can be patient with him and he can guide him to some wins this year, if he can get a year two in this coaching staff that's the year i jump on him 
I'm not so much, I, I'm not real high on him this year. The thing I'd throw back at you about the offensive coordinators, you're right, he's had a different offensive coordinator every single year, but look at the quality of those offensive coordinators. I think that this is probably the best, you know, head coach and offensive coordinator combo that he's had within those, uh, you know, three years, four years. Oh, yeah, no, no, don't don't get me wrong. You're absolutely right, but he's still learning a new system. And it's really, it's not his fault, but I mean, it's... Nobody could thrive in that scenario of having a different coaching staff every year. I'm just saying, I don't know if fantasy-wise, he'd be a guy that I'd look at to be my QB2 this year. Next year, he might be my sleeper to bust out. All right. So, Mike, who do you have at number one? My number one is Juju Smith-Schuster. If early training camp reports are any indication, Juju will be the number one wide receiver there and will get plenty of targets. For the first time, he is running an entire route tree in camp and that will ensure he gets open regularly. Most data shows that he is being drafted around the wide receiver 35 to 40 range. That is insane for someone that has uh, Mahomes as a quarterback. This is a guy who was setting near record numbers after his first two seasons in the league, and he only came in at the age of 20, and he's still only 26. Now he joins the man, the myth, the Messiah Mahomes. I can see 100-plus targets. Preach, brother. 100-plus targets, 70-plus catches. Just over a thousand yards and six to seven touchdowns. Sign me up. What do you guys think? Nice. Yeah, I, I like Juju. Um, I really like him. I've like I've liked everything that I've heard coming out of camp. Uh, I like what Mahomes is doing with the offense. He's actually taking more control now that maybe that Tyreek's out of the and his ego's out of the wide receiver room. I, I think the ball will be distributed more, and I think that's actually going to be a better offense this year. It's just it, there's not going to be the one. Juju is going to be probably the best receiver. I don't know if he puts – he's not going to put up Tyreek numbers, but, yeah, he probably will be the wide receiver one and, and the second option after Kelsey. Okay. All right, so, Jim, who do you have at number one? Uh, my first sleeper is a quarterback, and it's Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's much like – I mean, he doesn't – he's only – this is only his second year in the league. Had a horrible coaching staff and just bad morale, bad juju, no, no pun intended, bad juju around him all last year. Um, <laughs> just looking at, you know, when I was researching this pick, he probably had better talent with him in college than, than he did with Jacksonville last year. And when you take all the injuries that happened to, to all their key uh, finger quote weapons, uh, they went out and got Christian Kirk. They, they went out and have Doug Peterson, who has been a, a quarterback guru in the past uh trevor lawrence probably would be if the draft were held today and he was in the draft class he probably still would have been one drafted one one at the top of the draft i just think uh, forget the stats of last year just throw him out the window he's a much better at like if we're going to compare if i'm going to compare him to daniel jones he's a much better athlete with a much better arm i'll i'll put my chips in trevor lawrence's hat to break out this year. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think that uh, Urban Meyer really just kind of killed that kid during his first season. And uh, I just, I really like the fact that they've got a, a good quarterback-centric coach there now. And hopefully, I, th- I think the arrow's pointing up for him as well. I agree. I think the only thing you uh, might have missed is, uh, and it's big for uh, Trevor Lawrence, is the fact that they also added Evan Ingram. And if he can stay healthy, that's even more in his pocket that he can use to throw to. And I, I agree. I, I like Lawrence this year. And I really, I really, I don't know how, how well either one is going to do in fantasy this year, but having a backfield with Etnine and James Robinson, 
assuming James Robinson could come back healthy and just be the grinder, the short yardage, the touchdown vulture guy. Uh, I really like that offense this year. And never mind the fact that their defense is probably going to be putrid and they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. Okay. All right, so let's jump into number two. For my number two, I've got Miles Sanders. So, you know, we can all agree he had a down year last year, not scoring any touchdowns at all. Um, Early in the year, that team was primarily pass heavy. Uh, They had a losing record. So then the coaching staff decided, hey, you know what? We're going to go ahead and run the ball um, behind this great offensive line, which they did. And at that point, you know, he had 16 rushes for 94 yards, nine rushes for 64 yards, 24 rushes for 120, 18 rushes for 131. And then he got hurt in the next game and only had seven rushes for 45. You know, I mean, he rushed for 137 times for 754 yards and didn't score a touchdown. I mean, that's just unheard of. That's nuts. So there has to be positive TD regression. I know you love that word there, um, Jim, but, you know, there's got to <laughs> be positive think it's TD positive. regression. I still think it's positive TD progression. Hopefully somebody can help us and correct us. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say, you know, they've still got Gainwell there. They've got Boston Scott there. They're still on the roster, but neither one of those guys are at the same level as Miles Sanders. So I predict that Miles will have his first thousand yard season. And I'm also predicting that he scores probably at least eight rushing touchdowns. So, you know, that, that's where I'm at with him. I agree. I I absolutely agree he will not have zero touchdowns again. And you had me on everything. I just don't think he scores eight touchdowns. I think he'll be somewhere around six. But it's still enough to for him to be a sleeper and way outperform last year. Yeah, I mean, the key for him is just he's got to stay healthy. That's really the only thing that's been holding him back. And it, it is, he's got a much better offense around him. They, they've It's time for them to gel. He, he might be the key. Yep, I agree. All right, so you're number two, Mike. Who do you got? At number two, I have Ramondre Stevenson of the Patriots. He is being primed to not only handle a good amount of carries, but he could assume the James White role as well. In a dynasty league especially, I think he could be and will be the starter in New England next year as Damian Harris will be a free agent, and I don't see them re-signing him. In the 12 games as a rookie, he posted 729 total yards and showed a very good skill set. I am sure there will be an uptick in year two. My prediction, I have him at about 180 carries for about 800 yards and six touchdowns. Add in about 35 receptions for another 270 yards or so and one touchdown. But their potential is more there for more if anything happens to Damian Harris. No, I agree. I, uh, I look at him as I think he's going to be the starter before the season's out. Nah, come on. I mean, if Harris gets hurt, sure, but no way. He was a fourth-round pick. Screw him, and I can't say his name, so no, not gonna happen. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Although in a future, in a future episode, our, our our dear listeners will learn. I am, I have. You're not gonna find any running backs on my sleepers because I am so bad at rating running backs. If I were to praise a running back, flip it, go the other way. So I love Damian Harris. Go at Mike. <laughs> all right so jim uh who do you have at number two my number two sleeper sleeper is and this is kind of a little bit of a deeper sleeper uh i really really like the position devin duvernay's in in baltimore i like it i i I think i think his floor is hollywood brown's numbers and his ceiling because i think I, i think very much that lamar jackson and patrick mahomes since they came up basically together 
they compare themselves to each other. And Lamar's been looking at Patrick, the Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill connection for years now, wanting somebody like that. Duvernay, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be in the starting lineup. I think he might be able to do have a season like that. Not near, not number one, number two, number three, don't get me wrong. But just the big playability and the potential for uh, carries in the backfield and just being all over the field. I mean, I love Richard Bateman, but there's really no number one in that system except for Andrews I'm talking wide receivers it, it could be it could be just as easily be him to be the number one wide receiver there and uh I, I just think his floor is going to be there if he can stay healthy yeah I, I like him as a uh as a sleeper I don't know that he's going to take that number one role there but I do like him as a sleeper it, potentially potentially I love Bateman but it's not set in stone I agree with Duvernay being a sleeper the only part I don't think Marquise Brown numbers are his floor. I think that's more his ceiling. But yeah, I can see him doing very well in that uh, wide receiver two role while Bateman takes all the number one corner coverage. All right. So at number, okay. go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say that. No, I agree with him. I mean, it could just as easily, but I just got a feeling. Okay. No. And that kind of goes into my next pick here. So at number three, I've got Adam Thielen. So Adam Thielen is going to be 32 years old when the season starts, which is old for what I would consider a sleeper. But last year was his first non-injury year without at least 100 targets since back in 2017. And he still ended up with 95 targets for 726 yards and 10 touchdowns. So that was his second highest TD total. And then back in 2020, he had 108 targets for 925 yards and 14 TDs. And that was obviously his highest total. But the guy is just a touchdown machine. You know, they love him in the red zone. You know, so now they're going ahead. And and that was on a predominantly run-first offense. So now you've got Kevin O'Connell coming in there, bringing that L.A. Rams style of offense in there. And, um, you know, they're going to be putting the ball in the air. So, you know, I think that uh, the the arrow's pointing up for him. He has an average draft position on my fantasy league right now of 105, and that's the 45th ranked wide receiver. I mean, I, I... I personally have the guy in my top 10 on wide receivers, so that's how high I am I am on him. Yeah, I think it's crazy, but... <laughs> Listen, jump. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's more of I really like K.J. Osborne, and it's just kind of one of those... I could... It, it couldn't... It, could, it might happen next year, but I think it's going to happen this year where the young guy just takes over for the vet, the old beat-up vet. I'm going to side with Larry on this one. Because? Uh, I was going to say, I side with Larry on this one. Uh, I'm going to eat a little bit of a crow and some humble pie here. Uh, In our top 10 discussion, I wasn't digging Larry's having Adam Thielen that high. I still may not have him in my top 10, but everything I'm hearing from camp is they are just targeting him over and over in the red zone. He he's gonna he's gonna be there at the end of the year. May not be top ten, maybe, but he's gonna be right around there. So Jim, I was saying the only reason that you like KJ Osborne is because you can pronounce his first name. That one's pretty easy. Yes, KJ <laughs> Osborne. Yeah, I like that name too. <laughs> nice and easy for you. All right, go ahead, Mike. What's your number three? My number three is Cole Komet. The case for Komet centers around the feeling I have that Darnell Mooney is not a true number one receiver and will fail in that role. The offensive line is a little bit better than last year, 
still not great, but Komet should not be asked to block as much as he did. I think there are still going to be plenty of short routes and red zone looks for Komet. I, I do seem to be higher than most on Komet, and the keyword there is high. I <laughs> see he had 60 receptions for over 600 yards last year. Much like Larry's case for Miles Sanders, he didn't have any touchdowns, so there has to be some positive touchdown reprogression coming. <laughs> My prediction, I see the receptions about the same, maybe another 100 yards in yardage to about 700, and I think he's going to end up with around five touchdowns. He'd be a nice touch tight end to have if you decide to load up elsewhere and basically punt your starting tight end. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like that one. I'm not as high on Cole Komet as, as what a lot of people are, um, but I think that in that offense – they just don't have a lot of quality people to throw the ball to. So uh, based on that, it automatically kind of brings him up a, a few notches as well. So Yeah, he's got, I mean, he's got to be the number one target there. Other than well, Mooney. I would think I don't, Darnell I, yeah, Mooney. Well, whatever. I don't believe in Darnell Mooney either. In fact, the more I think about that offense, I mean, they, they hit, they're, they're headed in the right direction. But I think about the, the 2012 Chicago Cubs team and... They just started bringing in people in the beginning. That's where I think the Bears are at right now. They're in for a, a potentially horrendous season this year. Just try to keep Justin Fields alive. That's the only goal. But Komet's got it. He could be the only one there. Yeah. All right. So uh, who do you have as your number three and the last sleeper here, Jim? My last sleeper is tight end for the Miami Dolphins, Mike Gesicki. And uh, wait a minute. You know we're talking about sleepers, right? Not busts yet? yeah right (laughs) my number three sleeper let me repeat myself my number three sleeper is Mike Gusecki he's the only guy above six foot in their pass catching ranks Uh, I actually like his ceiling better if Bridgewater were to take over for Tua during the middle of the year and he might be the only guy Bridgewater throws to you got those three peanuts running around he's the only but he's he's the only head that Tua is going to be able to see when he's looking downfield on third down I, I and plus Gusecki <laughs> they don't ask him to stay in and block hardly at all because he can't to me that just screams good to great fantasy tight end and, and to take a flyer on him as your as your tight end too to me is a no-brainer okay yeah i am not i i don't really don't like gasicki but uh i'm not a big fan of anybody on that offense right now yeah, anyway plus, so i mean until they determine who their rb1 is i i think they do throw the throw the ball a lot i don't know if it works but they will yeah 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 i'm not big on gasicki either and uh the only comment i'll say is the the fact that none of the other guys are over six feet you don't have to be over six feet if you're 10 yards past the defenders like uh, Hill and uh, Waddle will be all year. If, if Tua can reach him. And I know. That's that's the number one question there. And I know Bridgewater can't, so Tua gets hurt. I love Gusecki this year. Yeah. All right, so let's jump into these top three busts. So I'm going to start it out with a big one here. Uh, my number one bust is Trey Lance. I know everybody is in love with this guy, and I just, I don't get it. 
you know, I, I know he's super athletic. He was drafted third overall last year. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is he's just not ready to start in the NFL. I mean, you know, he played in six games. He threw five touchdowns, two interceptions, ran in one touchdown. But, you know, two of those passing TDs that he had came off of broken plays. You just can't depend on that in the NFL. So, you know, he only played in 19 games in college. His best season in college was in 2019. He had 2,786 yards, 28 touchdowns, and no interceptions, which is unbelievable. And then he rushed for another 1,100 yards and 14 TDs. And if he's going to do anything in the NFL, it's going to be on the ground because it's not going to be through the air. Everybody talks about his arm, but I mean, he's just he's just not there talent-wise yet. So I just have a hard time believing with that limited experience that he's just ready to ascend to some great NFL quarterback like everybody's ready to anoint him to, you know. He has an ADP on uh, my fantasy league of 85. I mean, 85 for a second-year player that only played in six games last year. You know, what the hell are people thinking about? To me, the guy's a lottery ticket, and how many people win actually play in the lottery. So uh, I'm, I'm out on him. I mean, you know, only a chump that would draft this guy that early. No offense, Jim. <laughs> I wouldn't. I agree. I agree 100%, Larry. Uh, you're number one, and after I say my number one, they're both in the same freaking shit bucket, and we can both wipe our ass after I'm done talking about him. <laughs> as long as I don't have to watch. <laughs> oh, all right, Mike, who is your number one? All right, my number one, I'm staying in that quarterback bucket, and this guy sucks too, and that's Jalen Hurts. I believe he will see a regression this year. Accuracy is not his strong point at all, as evidenced by his number 29 ranking last year at a paltry 60% completion rate. He threw 16 touchdowns in 15 games. That's horrible. Numbers were bolstered by 10 rushing touchdowns, while Miles Sanders had zero. I think the rushing TD area will regress for Hurts and redistribute in a more positive fashion for the running backs. They did add to A.J. Brown, but he is hurt often, and he was almost on my bust list also. If the season starts rough for Hurts, the Minshew mania calls might start. I am just not a believer in the talent there. Yeah, bring in the mustache. (laughs) Mustache Mountain. I do like like Hurts better than Lance, but not by much. I mean, and everybody gets all crazy with the running quarterbacks. Oh, forget that stuff. If they can't throw, they can't play. Yeah, given given the two of them, I would take Hertz over Lance as well. But uh, uh, again, I I know that for fantasy, the guy is good. For real NFL football, I mean, that team is just looking for a reason to replace him, and he can't put up fantasy points if he's not on the field. So I I agree with you, Mike. All right, Jim. My only argument is A.J. Brown propped up Ryan Tannehill for the last two years. Tannehill sucks. Who do you have at your number one bust? My number one bust is Super Bowl champion winning quarterback Matthew Stafford. What? Oh, I get it. So you can take your old phone that you've had for 12 years and loved every minute of and trade it in for something new that suits your life now? That's right, yeah. Then enjoy immediate success. Even though you'll never forget your old phone, ever. It's a great trade. Life-changing. Your Honor, the defense rests. <laughs> you should. I don't even have to say anymore. You should rest. I don't. E- I don't even have to say anymore. No, we made these lists weeks ago, and the guys already got elbow tendonitis in camp, and they're not. And, and nobody will disclose why he can't throw anymore. It's already. Van Jefferson went down. This team won the Super Bowl last year. They'll be lucky to break 500 this year, and L- Matthew Stafford will be lucky to play in four games this year. 
I like him. I like him. He's a, he's a, you you guys obviously saw he was in my top ten last week. So all right, number three. Everybody out there listening, he Larry had him number three. I do. I, yeah, I've, I've got him as my number three. So I'm gonna, I'm going to stick by that one. All right. So um, my number two bust is Rashad Penny. I mean, <laughs> this guy is a walking injury. He's just an injury waiting to happen. Um, this guy strains his eyeball just looking at the field. I mean. What he did at the end of last year was amazing. And I'm not talking about the stats. I'm just talking about the fact that he was actually healthy during that many games. Um, he more than doubled his yards and touchdowns from his rookie season. His sophomore season was lost to an ACL injury. He, he's, he's only played in nine, three, and ten games in each of the last three seasons. So, I mean, you know, one of the number one rules of fantasy football is a guy actually has to play in order to put up numbers for you, right? You know, again, nine, three, and ten games, you know, you got to figure that if you do draft this guy, and at the very best— He's going to miss probably half the season for you. You know, I just don't th- see that that's going to be productive for anybody. So in order to produce for your team, I mean, he's got to be there. I mean, I love the talent, but I'm out on Penny. Let somebody else draft that headache. So, Mike, who is your number two bust? My number two bust kind of coordinates with my number three or number two or three sleeper. My bust is Darnell Mooney. He is not a number one wide receiver, and those drafting him as a wide receiver, too, will be disappointed. The offense for that team was pedestrian last year at at best, and I don't think it's going to be fixed in one year. They did change the coaching staff, and that will help, but they also let Allen Robinson walk. And he had a bad year last year, but he also ate up that uh, number one cornerback for the opposing team every week. Camp talk is that... Mooney's being used as a gadget player. At his size, that will get him killed. He is fast, but he is not built like the Tyreeks or the Debo Samuels of the world. I predict he will still end up around 850 to 900 yards, but only about three or four touchdowns. A huge disappointment for those that are drafting him in the mid to late 20s at wide receiver. I think he's going to disappoint people. Okay, good point. Total, total agree. All right, so Jim, who do you have at your number three? Or I'm sorry, number two. My number two bust is Josh Jacobs, Las Vegas Raiders running back. Uh, I just don't think they care about this guy anymore. Uh, if, if the Hall of, Va- Hall of Fame game was just played, all of their starters and basically their whole second team was sitting on the bench. Nobody played, but they still had him out there in the slot taking carries. I just don't think they care about him. I think it's a lost season for him. I, I, I kind of like him. I like him too, but I can kind of see Jim's point. The fact that they started him in the Hall of Fame game, rumors are that they're showcasing him for a trade. And if he gets traded, his value plummets for the rest of the year. Yeah, I guess it depends on what team gets him, right? Yeah, because if it's Atlanta, if it's Houston, maybe. But everybody else has already got a crowded, a crowded running back room. So, I mean, you're, de- you're not going to get the production you're drafting him at where he's, uh, where he's projected right now. Okay. I, I just don't like him. I don't like him. All right, so my number three is Debo Samuel. So, you know, Debo Samuel, this guy is a stud, man. He was stealing bikes from every team that he played against last year. Uh, You know, I mean, 
we're talking about busts here, but you know, I, I, I love the guy as a player, but um, he has a physical style of play that just leads to injuries. He played in 15 games as a rookie, uh, seven his sophomore season, and then 50, or, I'm sorry, 16 games last year in 2021. You, you know, you're, you're likely not going to get a full season out of Debo. Kind of the same argument that I made on Rashad Penny, even though he's a little bit better than Penny as far as availability. Um, but he's he's being drafted way too high. His a- average draft position is 22 on my fantasy league, and he's the number seven wide receiver off the board. So again, number seven wide receiver off the board, you're going to depend on that guy to be there for you the whole season and I just don't know that you can do that with Debo so you know his his draft position is too rich for my blood especially with having Trey Lance throw him the ball or at least try to throw him the ball you know they played a last place schedule last year and that's why the team excelled the way that it did I just see regression across the board for him this year um, love the player just not the situation I agree 100%. Um, The reason I have him down in my mid to late teens at wide receiver is not only because I see regression, but he just got paid. And yeah, Trey Lance, you mentioned it. Lance is just not going to feed him like Garoppolo did. Yeah, he's he's getting drafted like he's going to get 150 carries again. And there's just no way that's going to happen. And if it does happen, there's no way his body holds up. Yeah. All right. So, Mike, who do you have at your number three bust? My number three bust is Tony Pollard. And I know there's going to be some people out there shaking their heads at that one, but his the demise of Ezekiel Elliott is way overblown. Jerry Jones has said that Zeke needs to be the focal point of the offense, and when Jerry talks, people listen. 455 yards and two touchdowns, 435 yards and four touchdowns, 719 yards and two touchdowns. Those are Pollard's rushing totals for his career so far. That is not someone you want to be drafting as your number 29 running back. Pollard will also be a free agent next year, and that is going to be a loaded free agent class. Like many other potential impending free agents, I do not see Dallas wanting to ponying up for a backup running back when better and maybe cheaper options will be out there. Pollard will get his, don't get me wrong, but I am seeing him drafted as, like I said, the running back 29 to 30. No, thanks. Someone else can take him there. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think everybody... Yeah, he's a complimentary guy. Yeah, I, I think everybody's saying that Zeke is dead, and and, and I actually like Zeke this year. Um, I, I still think he has a lot to bring to the table, and where I think Pollard is going to have some value is they're playing him at slot receiver a lot in, in you know training camp right now. And I think that that's where the team is hurting right now as far as injury-wise is at wide receiver. So if he's going to have any value, I think that it's going to be there more so than in the backfield. So more of a PPR guy. Yeah, definitely a PPR guy. Definitely. Right, right. So, Jim, who do you have as your number three? My number three is Amari Cooper. And I don't care how long Deshaun Watson's suspension is. That offense is going to be ground and pound. I don't think, even if Watson gets the minimum six-game suspension, although they're talking it's going to be much longer, uh, even if he just gets six, there's no way he comes out of the boat just gunning, and Amari Cooper has nobody to throw him to uh, throw the ball to him. Uh, I, I just don't see it. He's a big, it's just a warning sign. He's a big name that is a lot lower than he's been in previous years. Even where he's sitting, don't fall for it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I uh, The NFL is doing everything they can right now to make it to where Deshaun Watson doesn't even see the field this year. So you're going to have, uh, you know, he's going to be dependent on Jacoby Brissett to throw him the ball, and, and that's just not a recipe for success in anybody's book. 
Yeah, and that that just screams 40 carries for Nick Chubb. True, true. Yeah, I agree. I do not like Cooper this year. I think if anyone in that offense is catching passes, I actually really like Donovan Peoples-Jones this year. He'll be the one. Yeah, the problem with him is can he catch? Last year he couldn't. Nah, man, we had this discussion, man. Devontae Adams, I remember thinking Devontae Adams, his first, and this is an argument against Christian Watson this year as a rookie. Devontae Adams just didn't seem like he, he knew how to catch his first two years. He had the worst hands in the league. Couldn't believe, and then all of a sudden, he just it clicked for him, and he got it. I, I think the same thing could happen to Peoples-Jones. It's just that he has nobody throwing him the ball this year. Okay. Well, I think that those were some good discussions, guys. You know, we got some sleepers in. We got some busts in. And uh, I think that uh, those are some good discussions. So that's going to that's gonna do it for us. To- oh, let me get this in. Go ahead. Let, let me get this in. Sleeper movie this year, Black Phone. Going to be on uh, Peacock, streaming in about three weeks. Definitely check it out. Uh, my, my bust movie for this summer, nope. Boring as hell, disjointed, overrated. Don't waste your time. No, 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 no. Hell no. <laughs> per- perfect place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is going to do it, it for us today. Uh, thank you for joining us. Please don't forget to follow us on our socials and subscribe or favorite the podcast and give us a review. I can be found on Twitter at fantasy underscore Larry. Michael can be found on Twitter at domination spelled D A I'm sorry D A H M I N A T I O N and Jim can be found on Twitter at Jim Ruddle J I M R U T T L E and Chump all capital on the Chump and then on our next episode we will do a five round three person dynasty rookie draft and discuss why we like them or why we don't like them. So from all of us, thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you next time.